My name is Georgia, and I'm a compulsive overeater. And my number is 412-257-4716, and that's a landline, and that's Eastern Time. Um, I'm so glad that I, w- I was asked uh, to, um, I think it was Teresa that asked me um, to tell my story tonight. Um, I... Uh, you know, I made progress. Today I uh I have a cleaning service and uh before I got into OA and before I got out of Senate, I used to eat at people's houses. And uh when my husband retired he started working with me, cleaning with me and one time he first started and I was showing him what to do in the house, first day of work. I walk in someone's kitchen. First thing I do, instead of showing them what to do, I open the fridge and I got into pickled herring. That's the only food I'm going to mention. And I was eating it. And he was shocked. He was shocked. And I asked him if he wanted some. And uh, it wasn't my food. I was stealing. I was in denial. I was in denial. I thought a little bit wouldn't hurt. And I I guess I felt entitled. Well, today, I forgot my snack because my my food plan, I have a snack, a piece of fruit. And I was at my OA sponsor's house, and God said, just don't take that that snack. Ask her for it. And I asked her for it, and she was real glad. She's like, help yourself. But, you know, I hadn't done that. Needed food at someone's house in a long time. My my intuition said, ask for it. Don't just help yourself to someone's stuff, you know. And I was I I was ready for my snack, and I forgot mine. And they were real nice. They were real nice about it. But you know what? I'm I'm not, I'm not entitled to people's food. And uh, so today, you know, it, it made a. I had to humble myself to ask for it too, you know, and uh, and I had forgotten my snack this morning, and and uh, that doesn't happen to me usually, and you know I needed it, and and so that's how I've changed through this program, rather than acting entitled. And one day on April Fool's Day. I was in someone's house, and I ate a snack, and I ate most of it in a box. And it was April Fool's Day, and then we're driving to another job. We left that job, and my husband's phone rings. And the person whose house I had uh, eaten out of the box of snacks, and I had eaten most of them because I couldn't stop, um, my husband's phone rang, and he says, he says, uh, is this Harriet? Uh, Harriet, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get you another box of snacks. <laughs> and then he goes, April Fool's. <laughs> My stomach just sank, you know. And another time I made popcorn at someone's house. I'm not going to mention any more food. 
But they were down playing a game in the senior building, and the fire alarm went off because I created all this smoke, and I had to admit that I was eating popcorn. Um, So it's not... I'm glad I stopped doing that in people's houses. I'm embarrassed to admit it. And I didn't even think of it as stealing, you know. But anyway, what it was like, and that's the insanity of my my compulsive overeating. That's the insanity. My husband didn't do that in people's houses. Nobody I knew did that but me and one other woman who was an alcoholic. And I'm in that program, too. <laughs> anyway, um, my life was, uh, I had some trauma. Uh, my mother got sick with postpartum depression. I missed her. She she didn't, she wasn't focused on food, so my first addiction was exercise. We ran everywhere we went, and people would tell us all she did was run in circles when you were young. And uh, that was to produce, I guess, that, that feel good uh, uh, drug and endorphins, and um, to calm myself down. And uh, I've used exercise to this day. I'm a compulsive exercise. I believe I'm an exercise bulimic. And uh, I've finally, uh, even my job is exercised. You know, um, I have a hard time waking up without doing something physical. You know, um, that's just the way I am. Um, And people say that's good, but it's not good if you're ignoring your other duties, your dishes, your house. You know, um, it's not good. But uh, food became an issue uh, when we moved in with our grandmother, our second grandmother, um... I had a God experience when I was young. My mother took us to Sunday school. I had a good mom. She was in AA, and she she, she was in OA too. And uh, she she has le- she had less time sobriety than me. I got sober first, but I love my mom. I mean, I don't know what I'd do with the mom who'd cook for me. I'd probably be worse than I am. And she didn't like cooking, but she liked eating. And uh, But I love my mom. Uh, she wasn't perfect, and I think our mom's imperfections become our strengths. I don't know. She wasn't afraid not to be perfect. And um, I miss her dearly, but... She got postpartum depression, and uh, she was institutionalized. And in the 60s, women did not come out of those institutions once they went in with postpartum depression. And they got shock treatments, which caused damage in that era. They don't cause damage today, shock treatments, but they hadn't refined them then. And my mother had damage. She couldn't remember us as children. Um you know, so uh, I turned to God when she was in the institution, my sister and I, because she took us to Sunday school. We were about four years old. I can remember being in the horse's pasture, and we prayed every day for our mother to return. But we were praying, and my sister was facing the trail, and there came my mother walking. We were praying, and my sister says, there she is. 
and there was my mother. I hadn't seen her for a long time. And I thought the most important thing about that was there is a God. That's that's when I first got my impression there is a God. And when I saw my mother, I realized she wasn't the same. She was like a ghost of herself. And it that was okay. That was okay because then I knew there was something big out there who brought her back, and it would be okay. And that was the birth of my faith. I lost my faith through drinking and eating. I lost my trust. I lost my trust in God. Uh, I started trusting in food, and I started trusting in booze and cigarettes. And uh, I remember before, my one grandmother was diabetic, and she was pretty focused on food. And we had to have three meals a day because she did. And uh, that's the second grandmother we lived with. And But we didn't have sweets in my house because my grandmother was diabetic. So we grew up on a diabetic diet, which was very healthy. We overate what was on that diabetic diet. But I learned to eat healthy because of that, and that was a saving grace. My grandmother was on insulin, and uh, we ate diabetic, and I never got addicted to refined sugar. Although uh, carbohydrates, but my problem is more saturated fat and salt. Um, Those are my trigger foods. Um, I don't consider eating refined sugar even eating, you know. um, But one of the Trigger foods that I have, one of my alcoholic foods is, uh, um, it's a, a, a fruit, a saturated fat, and salt, which is the worst diabetic thing you could eat. And, um, and I, I am, I do have pre-diabetes, um, but that went away since I've been abstinent. I have good sugar count. Like a five four five five. Um, my doctor is amazed, and I told my doctor about OA. And uh, the funny thing is, my sponsor has the same doctor as me, and my sponsee has the same doctor as me. So we all have the same doctor. <laughs> so, but she doesn't quite. She read the literature, but I was disappointed with her interpretation from it. And she is a young doctor. She is a young doctor. And, uh, you know, but I did bring the pamphlets into her when I lost the weight. And and, uh, she called it the obesity club. And I had to tell her, that's what you got from that literature. Um... You know, I, I had to tell her a little more, especially because my uh, sponsee has bulimia. And I said, listen, it's not just about being big and overeating. It's it's a compulsive overeating. And, uh, and that was a doctor. So not everybody's educated in the professional field on foods. Um on eating disorders, uh, but anyway, um, 
first I got, then I turned to alcohol, and and I was still overeating, but I played college basketball, and I, I was always a little overweight, and, um, you know, big, and athletic, and, uh, you know, I just, uh, I got away with overeating, um, because I was always running around exercising until I turned 40. And uh, I, I always struggled with my weight. I always wanted to lose about 20 pounds. And then when I turned 40, I picked up so much stress. I, I had about 15 years of sobriety. I wanted to get married. I got married. I love my husband. He he tells his story. He qualifies on this meeting. He lost 100 pounds, um, you know, and uh, I uh, uh, just so much stress. We had a house burn, and everybody moved in with us, and we didn't have insurance on the house. I owned the house. I was buying it from my mother because she didn't have a lot of money, and the house burned. We had dropped the insurance, so we had to rebuild it ourselves, and then... Everybody moved over here, so there were about seven, eight people living here. And I'm glad. I, I, I don't regret it. I uh, I was a people pleaser, and I got away with it until a certain time in my life. And the more stressed I got, the more people pleasing I did. And when people get angry at me, I turn into a people pleaser because of the violence that was directed towards me when I was a kid. Um, not real bad violence, you know, but pretty bad. <laughs> and uh, so I turn into people pleasing when I see someone angry. Um, and until I took care of that character defect in OA, I was not able to put down compulsive overeating. And once I put down the people pleasing and addressed that, my abstinence kind of happened slowly. First, my house got cleaner. Then I quit smoking. Because I, I thought I was abstinent when I first came in OA. And I was chain smoking and uh, overeating. And then I, I, I thought, well, I'll lose weight. I thought it was like a weight loss club. And I started eating all this canned fish and canned meat. And I called it abstinence and I'm chain smoking. And someone confronted me and I told them the other day thank you for doing that this is about 15 years ago and they said you're not abstinent and that smoking is like taking a diet pill you know and uh, then my sponsor and I decided that she would pray for me and she quit smoking that before I could and this was my personal abstinence because I didn't feel I could be abstinent and smoke so I quit smoking before I got abstinent, and now I can say I'm abstinent because uh, what I was doing before was not abstinence, although I did lose weight, and it's not a weight loss club. It's nice to lose weight, and I'm glad I did. You got five minutes left. Okay. Okay. Um, I'm glad I did lose weight. But it's more about not being focused on food and not having food as, like, instead of God in God's place. 
You know, now my higher power is first. Sometimes my husband gets up there in God's place, and I have to put God first again. I always struggle with that, and I'll put exercise first. But I love waking up and doing that 11 step. I start with my just for today. That's my favorite one. That's my first reading. And then I, I read from adult children of alcoholics. I read the, the, the strength book, uh, that one. And then I read, this is, this is the one I love. It's animal stories about God and animals. And they have a, a verse from the Bible that'll go with an animal story, and I just love that. I got it for all my friends. <laughs> I love that that little animal devotional, and because uh, I'm an animal lover, and I overfeed all the animals. I overfeed all of them, you know. And I have a friend in OA. She can't have fish because she overfeeds them, and fish will eat themselves to death. I overfeed the birds. Somebody had to tell me, Georgia, you you don't keep feeding them till. They're not going to stop eating. They don't stop eating. They you just get more birds, and everybody can't believe all the birds that they hear at my house. And uh, and it's right by where I park my cars, where I feed them. So you you can imagine that. And um, but uh, I love that meditation step. I I love getting up for a long time without OA, just in sobriety. I think. I, I had so much stress. My nephew died. Uh, a couple of the, like three of these kids that live with me were on heroin. It was held during the, the, the heroin epidemic. And I just got so stressed that I turned to food and I was chain smoking. And I, well, after my nephew died, I gained about 40, 50 pounds. And um, I just, what I did right after he died, I'd wake up, smoke from 5 in the morning, and eat eat a couple times until 9 o'clock. Then I'd go to work. Then I'd come home. My house was a mess. I'd eat and smoke with my mother. Then I'd eat dinner. Then I'd eat a snack at night. First thing I did when I walked in my house after work was go to the refrigerator. The only thing I did was pay the bills. Now my house is clean. Um... You know, I uh, I even, people pleasing today, somebody needed a ride from the airport that would have required me to ride in my car for an hour and a half. And I'm like, no, I, I, I'm, I'm not, I'm tired tonight. I, I'm not up to it. I told them no. Back in the old day when I wasn't abstinent, when I was people pleasing, I'd have, oh, you need a ride, you know. And they they called me at the last minute, and I'm like, no, I got to I have to think of myself. And I ate a regular dinner. I felt no pressure, but you know, doing stuff like that, making myself miserable, that character defect. When I dropped that, when I worked the steps and dropped that, abstinence became easy. Not easy, not easy, um, but it, it became natural. There was less of a push, and I wasn't miserable. I wake up happy. You know, for a long time, most of my sobriety, when I first got sober, I woke up scared. How am I going to screw up today was my thinking. But now I trust God. I've come to trust God, and I've learned to listen to God. One thing I learned in OA that's so important that I didn't learn in AA was that 
my intuition is how God talks to me and um, and all of us. And if I shut that intuition out with food or cigarettes or over-exercise and I don't listen to it, I'll get in a jackpot. And, uh, you know, that's my conscious. And, and when I'm numb and I'm not listening to it and I say, oh, you're crazy, that, don't do that, then uh, my intuition's off. And when when we decide, when I decide, I have to make decisions, and we make decisions all day long, I rely on God. God make this decision. And uh, and if it's a, if I need help, I call part of my fellowship. That's part of my we. And I, one woman on this line every day. I love it. I look forward to her call. And um, you know, I have a fellowship of live meetings, but I've made friends on this. 100 pounders meeting and um it have helped me immensely and I'm I'm so glad that uh I got to uh that somebody gave me the number to this 100 pounders meeting cuz during covid I listened to it every night and that really helped me that really helped me for two for like two years I listened to this meeting almost every night and um That's about that's about all I have for tonight and I wanna thank everybody for listening. <laughs>